Tapes and Scouts, a podcast where two friends review every single movie they watch. We're here. We're weird. Get used to it. Yeah, we're going nowhere with this weirdness. We're going nowhere with... Oh, I don't even like that song. Okay. I don't even like that song. Uh, the Sugar Bird Going Down Swing. The, the My Chemical Romance? No, I think it's the other the one. The Fallout Boy? Yeah, those ones. Those yeah. ones. Good Simpsons character, terrible band. <laughs> they, I kudos to them because they did champion Panic at the Disco after they got signed. Like, there's this really cool, interesting band you guys should check out. But then, didn't he get rid of the entire band and it's just like him? That could be the case. Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah, I don't like love that. Even if the music's good. I'm no, not, no, no, no. and it hasn't been good. In years. And like, I don't. I'm don't, not trying to start a, a war in the comments section on the YouTube part of this, but uh, but he is. But, but he also, is. this isn't also, a music podcast. It's not. Not a music podcast. Believe it or not, if you knew Tim and I's musical taste. You would not come here for a music podcast. Look at us. Look at us. Do we look like we listen to good music to you? Is there yeah. good music, though? Good music's whatever you like. Let's be honest. I love everything, and I hate everything. Oh, yeah. There's good and bad in every genre. I don't like people. 100%. One thing I... The only thing, the only music crime I think somebody can commit, and I'll move on to movies after this, the only crime somebody can commit music is saying they don't like X music, like a genre of music, where it's like, you are wrong because you haven't done your research. Like, you're listening to for what's sure. popular... Just pretending that's everything that genre has to offer and then moving on, and that's foolish. Yes, you idiots. That's dumb, and you're dumb, and you shouldn't do that. And if you don't do that, you're not dumb. I love you. You're still dumb. You are listening to this podcast. Stupid idiot. Two idiots talking about music on a movie podcast. I'm finding the urge not to talk about Anvil. Do it. Anvil's great. They wrote a song about Mothra. It's not Anvil, the story of Anvil. No, I would love, you know, that's a great documentary. I thought that's, I was like, holy shit, I didn't see that on his list, but I'm excited that they snuck Anvil could, in here. You know what? I could talk about that Anvil movie uh, instead of this movie. Anvil, the story of Anvil. It's, it's so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody good. go watch that. Yeah. <laughs> instead of what I'm about to talk about. What is it? It's Preacher Man. Son of a Preacher Man. Oh, goodness. Is preacher that the sequel? Man. Yes, there is a sequel. Son of a preacher, I can't believe there's a fucking sequel to this. All right. Okay. 1971. Okay. I watched this piece of shit on the 8th of May, 2023. It's an hour 27 for some unknowable reason. Mm. It is a comedy, I suppose. Drama, not really. I just put trauma. Uh-oh. Remember when I said before, you got to be in the mood for a trauma? You weren't in the mood for a trauma. I didn't know this was a trauma. This was early, early trauma. It is. I thought this was going to be like a preacher with a machine gun and it's funny. Eh, none of that happens. <laughs> no, no. This is pre-trauma being really trauma, I think, at 71. It's not, yeah. It, well, there's elements. Elements, yeah. Directed by Albert T. Viola, starring Albert T. Viola, Eileen Kristen, and Adam Hess. Or he's 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 summary phony backwoods preacher Amos T. Huxley stays in a small North Carolina town long enough to fleece his congregation, swindle profits from a moonshine still, and seduce dumb blonde Mary Lou. Oh, Mary Lou. Oh, Mary Lou, the boys are all after you. What you gonna do? She has a lot of sex with them. Uh, this movie is garbage. It's awful. I thought it was funny. Gonna be funny from the description. It's not. It's very unwatchable. Uh, the preacher. The I, there's like little comedic like elements that I can appreciate here. So I guess I shouldn't say it's like the worst thing in the world. Like the preacher gets into some trouble at the beginning, and the cops are after him, and he literally just runs like an idiot with his pants half around his ass down the road. And I'll tell you, the movie ends very similarly. There's a hallmark of trauma right there. Yeah, just like oh no, I gotta run. Yuck yuck. Like it's awful. This is insulting. 
I think, to everyone's intelligence. Uh, it's bad. I don't know why there's a sequel. It does have elements of what trauma will always end up doing, but like, it don't. Just don't. This I was so sad. I was so sad when the little trauma thing came up at the beginning. I go, ah, fuck. I was not prepared. Ah, fuck. And the only reason I watched it is because I already put it into my little database. I was like, oh, Max can already see that I've done this. <laughs> I was just getting ready to turn it on. I was like, oh, no, Tim, watch Preacher. And what's, fu- yeah. and what's funny is there's another movie, Machine Gun Preacher. I think that's the one I thought it was. Ah. It's not. It's not. I don't even know if that's good, but it's definitely got to be better than this. Uh, there's also Velocipaster if you want to go. I've seen that. that did we do this on the podcast we did velocipass okay all right that, that one was that great exists. that okay. one was very good okay. that had the best opening scene in the world okay. made me chuckle yep, quite a bit. i remember this now yes yep. everybody go watch velocipastor i'm not going to talk about this after the scores it's done it's over it's awful don't even if you like trauma i would argue don't imdb are out of their gosh darn minds we should have had a trinity bible church sponsor this one. Oh, we should have 4.6. Rotten Tomato Critics doesn't have a score. Audience doesn't have a score. Smart. I gave it a 3.5. And really, it only got a 3.5 because it was filmed correctly. And with some of the other bullshit I've recently watched, I couldn't honestly say it's worse than like Killer Eye or whatever the fuck. Fair enough. Ugh. Scream at me. Scream at me. I got, I Scream. Got, I got five of them. Scream. 2022, Scream 5. Yeah. Watch this on 5-18-2023. is one hour and 54 minutes long. It is a horror film directed by Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillette, I hope. Starring Jen. No, they're still alive. Oh. Starring Jenna Ortega, Melissa Barrera, and Jack Quaid, who you would know as Huey. From the boys. There he is. Yeah. yeah. Your movie summary. And he was in Final Girls or Killer Girl, whatever that one I watched. I think, uh, I think it's Final Girls. Yeah. I think, you, I think it was Final Girl. Yeah. He was in that too. So Jack Quaid popping up in these horror movies. Your movie summary. 25 years after a streak of brutal murder shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, a new killer dons the ghost face mask. Yes, we already heard this before. And begins targeting a group of teens to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. Deadly past. Deadly past. Ooh. This is a pretty reasonable follow-up. Um, a little bit like we're gonna go by the paint by numbers, I guess. Go by the you know kind of by the book a little bit, but that's really what it's embracing here because now we're on to oh this is a requel right now that's the meta angle that it's going for so i am going to spoil this film so prepare yourself everybody if you don't want to watch the rest of this i understand i will tell you specifically when i'm about to spoil it but i am going to spoil it so pre-spoiler warning but just just think about it you sat through preacher man but you leave for this that's right (laughs) so if you need to skip ahead or whatever or shut this youtube clip off whatever the case may be uh, i will tell you specifically when to be when you are going to be in danger but the concept is the lead character is billy loomis's daughter so he was that skeet ulrich's character from the first one okay and it's pretty interesting they like show him in the background and she's like hallucinating that she sees him and stuff and she's estranged from her family and this is like a family secret and stuff like that so it's like it's interesting i get it but they didn't like do any de-aging or anything on him which is a little weird so it's like he's Mm -hmm. continued to age even though he's dead not that i'm a big fan of the de-aging all the time i think it is effective at times but they really smartly shoot it like he's only in reflections okay or you just see him in the shadows out of focus so it's like they probably couldn't have could have actually gotten away with it here 
just because he died at a young age, you know? Right. Like, it's weird that he, I mean, he obviously looks and sounds older. Could get away with the sounding older if he looked approximately the same age. Like, it took me a minute to realize who he was mm-hmm. when he first cropped up. He's like, who's this man covered in blood in the rearview mirror? Oh. That was yeah. kind of the disconnect I had for a minute. That's fair. I have to go into the motive of one of the killers here. So the motive of the killer is, and the, so I'm going to spoil it now. This is it. Ah, one of the killers is Jack Quaid. Okay. So he plays the boyfriend who he supposedly didn't know the girl, but he does because he's a huge fan of the Stab movie franchise. Oh. And he felt like the last several Stab movies sucked ass because there was no real events to base it on. So he wants to start murdering everybody so that they make a new Stab movie that doesn't suck. That is brilliant. That And, and I feel like that note right there is going to be whether it makes or breaks you. If you heard me say that and you cringed... Also, thanks for sticking with us. If you cringed... This movie is not for you. Right. If you did what Tim did, yeah, that sounds this awesome. is a movie for you. It's it's very smart and it's very I could see this being very divisive. Yeah. But I enjoy it made me like kind of like, wow, really like and they play it up. And the other killer, there's always two, is a character who met him like on a Reddit situation. Oh and yeah. It was like a big fan and like I live in Woodsboro. Here's the deets, you know what I mean? And kind of snooping on people and stuff. It's pretty wild. That's cool. It, it was a neat concept. It struck me in like a you almost lost me, but they managed to make it just well. And Jack Quaid's, I think, at this point, pretty much proven his clout. And he does like a very Huey all darn all shucks performance up until he does the reveal. And until he doesn't. Yeah. yeah so kind of like Matthew Lillard gets that like unhinged kind of bit. To, it's, it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was clever. I kind of didn't see it coming. That's cool. So I thought it was a, uh, a fun one. But you'll either like or hate that motive as a, as Love a, it. Like a, a push for this. IMDb gives it a 6.3 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So getting higher now. Critics, 295 critics, 76% on this Hey, one. there we go. Up. Yeah. Audience, 2,500 plus, mere 10% of what we were dealing with previous, but they give it 81%. These are all good things. Yes. And I am coming in right in the middle, like the dart I am, 7 out of 10. Sounds good. Yeah. That's real good. That's, yeah. I like to see this this swing up. Hopefully it continues. We'll see. It was cool. Very cool. And continued that trend of you could tell which ghost face was which by how crazy they were when the killings were I like occurring. that. Yeah, very neat. That's a very cool touch. Yep. Very smart. Very smart. Yep. Very smart. Well, Max. Tim? I got a movie. What? It's old. I thought this was a Well, too old podcast. for it. It's too old. It is. We're going to talk about Anvil. Oh, okay, good. Metal on metal. Metal on metal. That's such a good movie. It really is. My cat loves that album. Really? Yeah, I put it on the other day. She was really digging it. Nice. My cat loves certain music, and for whatever reason, Anvil. There's no continuity between the things she loves, but Anvil always gets her. She wants to keep on rocking. I can tell you the knife puppy cannot stand horror movie soundtracks. As soon as the first (laughs) thing happens, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yep. Yeah, no, the, the amount of dread that is... It, yeah. It's effective. Yep, it's definitely. Effective. But I only play Anvil, really. That's all I'm saying. All right, it's not a bad choice. 1963. 63. The Sword in the Stone. Ooh. Disney, everybody. Disney. Disney. I've heard of this one. This is one of my more favorite Disney movies. I... I haven't seen it in a long time, but I'm very fond of Merlin. I hadn't either. As again, just like my Dead Presidents review, I was like, I got to go back. Sure. I got to refresh. And honestly, it felt very new to me because I hadn't seen it in so incredibly long. That's awesome. Um, I may even just be like, I saw it as a kid and I was like, yep, that one's good for me. That's right. So May 10th, 2023, hour 19, genre animation adventure comedy directed by Wolfgang Reiterman. 
Starring Ricky Sorensen, Sebastian Cabot, and Carl Swenson. Your IMDb movie summary. A poor boy named Arthur learns the power of love, kindness, knowledge, and bravery with the help of a wizard called Merlin in the path to become one of the most beloved kings in English history. Spoilers. Um, (laughs) It's the story of King Arthur. So King Arthur. He's uh, the animation was so good back then. Disney was really special, man. Mm-hmm. Their their art department was so good. I loved the way that they flowed. Like they they were clunky. Their their feet were bigger. There was like I don't know, just something about the way they were dressed and drawn just really worked for me. I agree. Um, and when you get into some of the villain characters in this one, the the way there's a fight at the end with Merlin and and what the hell's her name? I forget. Madam whatever <laughs> it's insane where they they have a, an animal off and they just start fighting each other as different animals it's amazing it's the the thought behind the animation of like making like arthur fumbly but then making the merlin like the magic so smooth yeah is really like a level of attention to detail that even in the hand animated stuff tends to get left behind a little bit today but it's just for sure playing on the weaknesses and kind of aiming to like not reinforce the weaknesses, but embrace them in order to make the strengths become even like, you know, oh, we're really going to push it here and it's going to look even better because we're going to make this. You know what I mean, because this looks so clunky on its own. It does really work. Really smart. Absolutely. It does absolutely work. Movie's fun. All uh, Arthur wants to do is just be a squire. He just wants to help out his family. He's yeah. just, he's a real good dude. But then Merlin shows up. He's like, you could be better. You could do this. I'm going to take you under my wing. And Merlin was funnier than I remembered because he's got, he knows things about the future. Yes. Well, at least up to 1963. So like he'll mention like television or something. He'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, ah, you got to love it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And just like there's a lot of this weird knowledge that he has that they keep sprinkling in. But he teaches him different lessons by turning into different animals, going on different little mini adventures. It's a bunch of mini things happening. Um, The learning about romance when he turns into squirrels essentially is really strange. Yes. Um, I've never felt so bad for a cartoon squirrel. I was like, aw, he broke her heart. You little shitbag. Anyways. Merlin, you bastard. <laughs> Merlin, you bastard. Why would you do this to everybody? It was it was interesting, though. The le- the way the lessons are learned and the great, gorgeous animation. Not as, uh, I guess it doesn't flow as good as a story. Like I said, it's it's a bunch of little shits happening over yes. and over again. Um, so I felt, I don't want to say I felt let down. But it definitely, it didn't endear to me like I feel like it probably did as a child. As a child, it probably blew my damn mind. Sure. Rewatching it now with how animation has grown, uh, maybe maybe I'm too spoiled, I guess. Storytelling's definitely changed. I mean, this is For definitely sure. kids aimed at kids with a short attention span. I mean, yeah. we're going to make this simple. We're going to, it's easy to follow. Where now it's, you know what I mean? We kind of treat kids like little tiny adults. Right. Yes. So I still think it's very good, but uh, it was interesting that I was just like, yeah, it's all right. It's yeah, all right. it's fair. You know, IMDb gave it a 7.1. Rotten Tomato Critics, only 30 went back for Disney. Wow. Only 30? Uh, 67%. The audience, 100,000 plus. 73%. So we're all in the same range here. Uh, and I fall in line. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Nice. It's good. Hey, good. He's good. I like it. Yeah. This is the one you were waiting for. I'm ready. Scream 6. 2023. Scream. Scream. Watch this one on 5-20-2023. It is two hours and two minutes. It is a horror film, if you haven't figured that out yet. They all are. <laughs> what? <laughs> Directed by Tyler Gillette, and this time with Matt Bettinelli-Olfen, which I think is different. No, same dudes. 
Different right. order. Keep me on my toes. Rest in peace. I'm firing my secretary after this. Starring Hayden Penetier, Jack Champion, and Samara Weaving. Jack Champion gotcha. is Laser Voice. Laser Voice. <laughs> Your IMD movie, IMDb movie summary. Yeah. No. Four survivors of the Ghostface murders leave Woodsboro behind for a fresh start in New York City. What language was that? <laughs> It's a gibberish. Okay. However, they soon find themselves in a fight for their lives when a new killer embarks on a bloody rampage. So this is Ghostface in New York. So oh, it's the Friday 80s. the 13th, Part 8, Jason <laughs> Takes Manhattan, is Scream 6, Ghostface Takes Some Unidentified Borough in New York. Yes, that sounds great. That is what we're going for here. Sure. Um, you hey, sure it's not We're Back a Dinosaur Story? I am sure. Okay. I would have told you that. Fair. Hayden Pentier comes back for this. She is a character from Scream 4. And in this one, she's an FBI agent, which okay. is kind of cool. And this one is pretty innovative. Believe it or not, this is the first time in the Scream franchise Ghostface uses a gun. Whoa. So there's this cool scene where, and this is like right in the beginning of the movie. And I'm going to spoil this a little bit. I don't know how much. I haven't decided yet. So just spoiler warnings abound. All of them. So there's this cool scene. This is one of my favorite set pieces in the franchise. Nice. They go to, it's just right in the beginning of the movie. Ghostface just comes out and attacks the main characters. And they run into a little bodega and he follows them in. And so the owner of the store pulls out a shotgun from behind the counter. Is like, yo, bud, what are you doing? And, the, and Ghostface manages to kill him, grabs the shotgun, and is now chasing, like, hunting them through. And they're, like, trying to hide in the, like, four little aisles of the bodega and wow. not get shot with a shotgun. Wow. Yeah. Really intense moment. And we've never seen that before. Which is real. I'm like, wow, this is pretty interesting. Like, there's definitely a thing with after Scream 3, all the ghost faces start wearing bulletproof vests. Mm. That becomes like standard issue. Like, under your ghost face garb, you gotta be wearing a bulletproof vest now. Smart. Yeah. So, it's a pretty interesting concept, but I like the fact that this was that. Like, and this is right, I'm telling, like, in the first 30 minutes of the movie, this happens. Like, it's right up in there. It's like, holy shit. Like, they're That's right cool. on it. That's cool. And because the expansion of the the scenery has changed. There's more people. So it's like, oh, the cute guy across the street could be a suspect. It could be any, but you know what I mean? This is like, you know what I mean? Like we're trying to fully now take the requel and relaunch it into its own thing. Okay. So everything's off the table, characters, blah, 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 blah. And they go through the whole, sh the whole spiel of anybody is a victim. Anybody's a suspect. So it's pretty neat to see. And a lot of the characters all come back and they're going to college and trying to get beyond this, but they're all like kind of stuck with that stigma. The main character from the previous one has like this negative internet presence because they're like, oh, they found out that like she's the daughter of the original mm -hmm. killer. Like she's a psychotic. She probably just did it and lied. And there's all this stuff, and she's trying to fight through it. So it's like it's actually pretty good. And then it gets to the end, and you're like, what's the like what's the conceit here? And it turns out, and I'm gonna spoil this. So if you really don't want to know, turn it off now. Um, the Jack Quaid character from the previous movie. It's his family. Oh. And they're going back for revenge for him. And this is the first time that there are three killers mm. in the series. And it's like, the, like you killed our son. He was just a big fan of the movies. And you, you mean like, it's all your fault. We know he didn't do all this. You're just trying to pin it on him and you murdered him. Oh, it's wow. Like, yeah, it's really a cool, like, this is interesting shit here. Like, they're fucked up, but they're the right kind of fucked up for this franchise. For sure. So it was like really fun to watch. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. You know what I mean? Like, I was just, 
like, but I was pleasantly like along for the ride here. It wasn't like Scream 3 where it was so much out of nowhere that I just despised it. This was just like, oh no shit, this is wild. Yeah, that's cool. And they like try to pen it, pin it on Hayden Penetier because they're like, oh, she's not with the FBI. She's going rogue. She's the killer. You got to watch out. And they find out that like somebody's constructed a ghost face museum. Well, it turns out it was Jack Quaid. And he was creating like a whole like museum because he loved this stab movie franchise wow. so much. It's pretty wild shit. And it's like the fact that it just fully embraced its own thing and has, it's gone, it's evolved so much over the course of these six films that I just thought that was a delight. That's awesome. It was dangerous, interesting, like the the scenes of stabbings that there are two ghost faces who pop out and stab one dude. Like it's gotta be 40 times. Wow. Yeah. They just both go ham. On this, and it's the first time you really see two ghost faces before the killers are revealed. Then you're like, oh shit, there are two then for sure. And then you don't realize there's a third. And mm. you're like, oh fuck. Like, this is some wild shit that's going on here. That's cool. Yeah, it was really fun. It was a fun ride for sure. Like, I was really impressed with how much I enjoyed the breadth of the entire run of these movies. For a six movie deep horror franchise, for me to be like, there wasn't one I absolutely hated. There's one I liked less than the rest, certainly, sure. but not one that I despised, which is even my favorite, like Hellraiser. There's definitely many Hellraisers I fucking yeah. despise. But this. Like the fact it's like even the worst ones like not terrible like you, know, you got to kind of watch it just to keep things going and it kind of sucks but you'll live as a horror fan you'll do far worse <laughs> that's true so it was really cool to see so i enjoyed it quite a bit yeah imdb gives it a 6.6 .6 out of 10 okay rotten tomato critics 287 critics gave it 76 percent so Same they're pretty the last pretty one. similar both of those audience however 2500 plus 91 percent exciting for this one and i come up from the last one just a touch 7.5 out of 10 that's what i wanted to hear so, so my order looks like it is one two six five four three that sounds correct yeah that's about where i landed on it like i told you you got the two the back end and then the saggy middle here just how we like it here the at Tapes and Scouts. Saggy middles. Saggy middles. Call me saggy middles. Okay, so. <laughs> saggy middles. <laughs> <laughs>